Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red, happy to be here. First Monday of February. Really? Wasn't it just New Year's Eve about 35 seconds ago? I don't know where the year is going, but it's going fast already. This is Read My Lips. We talk about creativity. How do you run your life? How do you solve problems? How do you, I don't know, how do you dress? How do you talk? How do you answer the phone? Do you write books? Do you carve wood? Do you draw? Do you inspire other people? It's all about the creativity we do in our lives. Last I checked, we're all improving it because I didn't come with a manual in my my mama gave birth to me. So I think we're all about the same there. Before I introduce my three fabulous guests, they are fabulous today. I have to talk it fabulous. There we go. <laughs> I want to say everybody wave hello to Facebook. We're on Facebook. I'm watching all of you. There we are. And I'm going to ask all of you on the count of three to join me in saying hello, LLL. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. Josh, my engineer, I think that was the best, at least the best for this year. We just started, you know, a couple weeks ago, but it was it was really, really well done. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and I'm warning my three guests, Dr. Hall and Nina and Jean, not in any particular order, that at 8.01 p.m. Eastern Time, I will receive an email from LLL, and she will tell me what she gleaned from what you shared about your creativity on the show. She'll tell me how much she enjoyed you and how much you inspired her. So I'm warning you, she does that. Uh, I want to just tell you a little bit about the day. It is the sixth day of February already, as I said. It's the 37th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. And whoever Gregory was, Gregor, Greggy, Grego, whatever his mommy called him, he had to be a real creative because he made this calendar, right, Gene? And we're still using it how many hundreds, thousands of years later? So I thought he was maybe one of the original creatives. There were 330 30 days left in the year. And uh, I say this is the sixth Monday. Nobody cares about that except me. And the reason I'm mentioning the 330 days is if you're planning a special celebration for New Year's Eve 2024, what, Red, already? <laughs> if you want to make Kahlua... Or if you want to get the still out from grandpa had a still and making bootleg whiskey in the backyard or in the basement, start soon so the flavors are really good by December 31st. If you're planning to buy something on an online wine or champagne store, don't wait until October. Do it soon. Get it registered. There you go. So let me tell you who. Oh, also, it's Aquarius. It's still Aquarius until February 18th. Are, do we have any Aquarians here? Gene or Nina or Dr. Robin? Anybody? Let me. Okay, well, Aquarians are impetuous, unpredictable, and stubborn, humanitarian, altruistic. They love to help others. Saturday is their day of the week. Turquoise is their color, and they're associated with the planet Saturn and the element air. And if we have anybody in the audience who's an Aquarian, we send them happy birthday wishes. Let me tell you who my three very special guests are. First up, we have Dr. Robin Hall. Robin, please wave hello. Hi. She is the founder and former CEO of Destination Health, which is a concierge practice. She can tell us a bit about that. She's a Texas super doctor. That's the best kind, Robin. <laughs> She's a medical educator and author of the upcoming book, The Other Side of Illness, Unexpected Blessings. 
And that sounds like a very creative approach. Robin, we're looking forward to you. I will call you Dr. Hall, I promise. And then we have Gene Rollins Adam Jr. And I have been practicing not saying Adams. There's one Adam here. Okay, the best kind. And he is, I don't know much about him. I know that he's an independent filmmaker and he'll tell us a little bit about his film. He's a former rapper. I can't wait to hear about that. I don't know if you're going to rap for us today. Keep it clean, please. And he's a breakdance crew organizer. And I want to know how you do that. Gene, welcome. We're so, and he's a new father, rumor has it. So happy, happy to have you. And you can get sleep after the show. And then, <laughs> then we have Nina. And Nina, you've got to say the last name for me, dear. I didn't practice enough. What's the last name? Chef Chuck. Chef. And I'll spell it for everybody. S-Z-E-W. C-Z-A-K. There was no way I was going to figure that. She's got so many letters after her name. She's an MSC. She's a CMGR. She's an FCMI. And I know that's a Chartered Manager Institute fellow. She studied and learned a lot in order to get those letters after her name. She is called a much easier name, the Midlife Revolution Specialist. And that's what she told me when I met her. I met all of you at the National Publicity Summit a couple months ago. Nina is also a leadership coach, transformation coach. And I found out something about you, that was not in your bio. I looked you up. She is an executive contributor to Brains Magazine, B-R-A-I-N-Z. I read one of your articles. Very well done. So gentlemen and ladies, I am calling this show Read My Lips, Focusing Your Creativity, because I believe I try to take the, the title of the show each week and make it about what I get from my guests, what I think is a a core that is shared by all three of you. So happy, happy, happy. This is Radio Red in the house. And a shout out again to my wonderful engineer, Josh. Josh is a whiz with microphones and with audio. And Josh, I just want you to know that we appreciate you and all the care you take in getting my guests to sound their best on the show. So thank you. No pressure, Josh. Okay, so let's go. And I want to tell you all, I found a little bit of something on creativity. I've never read this on the show before, but uh, rock star David Byrne has a little beginnings trick for being wildly creative. Has anybody heard of David Byrne? Yes? No? Maybe? Uh, I'll tell you who he was in a second if I can find it. He was the front man, former front man of Talking Heads, the singing group, the band Talking Heads. And he says everyone is already more creative than they may realize. Our minds fizz with fragments of ideas, puzzles to ponder, clues on how to fix a problem. Most of us undervalue that chatter. He calls it chatter. Gene, do you have chatter going on all the time with creativity? I, I bet you do. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Thank you for that. And he says, writers and artists, it seems, learn to systematically capture what he calls little beginnings and to dedicate time to reviewing them to see if they suddenly suggest something bigger and richer. But most of us don't do that. So he says, always carry something around to write down those little notes, those little chatter, little beginnings, he calls it, to creativity. I thought that was so charming. I read that in an article online. Uh, okay, so let's go around the table. Dr. Robin Hall, you are a DO. I'm very happy to have you on the show. I'm going to put, now remember my computer freezes once in a while, so make sure you're smiling all the time. So if it freezes, you have a gorgeous, a gorgeous punum, as my mom would say, while you're frozen and then it will unfreeze. Robin, please introduce yourself. Three minutes, tell us who is the lady behind the title. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited about being here. You know, once you invited me, it made me go back and reflect on my creativity. I really appreciate that because I hadn't really done that. So 
as you heard, I have spent um, over 32 years as a family physician, the last 17 as a concierge physician, and I'm in a transition now. I sold my practice in April and I retired from full-time work. I work a few days a month now, and uh, but I have stayed true to my mission, and that's to educate other people about making their health span equal their lifespan. And the way I'm doing that is through speaking and media. So that takes some creativity there. I also try to inspire and encourage those that are facing health challenges. And you'll hear more about that in a few minutes. When I think when most people think about doctors, they don't think about us as being creative. But I looked back in my own history and back in high school, I loved creative writing. I wrote poetry in high school. And I was in the acapella choir and I was in two different singing groups and I played the organ. I wasn't very good at the organ, but I took lessons and I played it. And then when I went to college, my degree was in biology and business. And people thought that that was a strange choice. In fact, the university president said, Robin, what are you going to do with that? And he said, are you going to open a drugstore? And I said, well, I don't know, but it sounded like a good idea. I like science and I'm interested in business. So during the time that I was in college, I worked at a hospital and I was in the electrodiagnostics department. And one of the cardiologists saw that I was picking up interpretation of EKGs very well. And he encouraged me. Uh, well, he said, are you going to go to medical school? And I said, well, I really haven't thought about that. But you have to remember back in those days, there weren't many women. I'm aging myself now. <laughs> there weren't many women in medicine. I didn't have any mentors. There's no one in my family that is a doctor. But he planted the seed and gave me encouragement. I didn't go to medical school right away. I went into business first. I worked in an oil company. And then I left there and was in um, sales management with Procter & Gamble. And in sales, there's a lot of creativity that has to be used. And especially there, they spend a lot of time on education. And we had to come up with our whole, our own ad schemes for the people we were calling on. And then um, I thought, I kept thinking about this medical school thing. So I went ahead and applied to medical school. And my thought was, if I get in, that's great. If I don't, I have a great career with Procter & Gamble. Well, I got in. And let me tell you, in the first year, I was thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> I could have still been making money in, in business. But I went to medical school. After that, I had the entrepreneurial itch, started my own practice. I was bought out by a hospital group a few years later, worked for them for about 10 years. And then that entrepreneurial bug got me again, plus some other reasons. And in midlife, I quit my job, started over again and founded Destination Health, which is a concierge practice, and nobody had ever heard of concierge medicine at that mm -hmm. point. So there was a lot of creativity used in establishing a unique model of healthcare. Now I'm writing a book, and it is uh, true stories of people that have gone through all types of health adversities mm -hmm. and remarkable things that have happened because of that journey, things that would not have happened had they not gone through those experiences. So again, I want to inspire people and encourage people. And um, now in my personal life, I like to dance and I take Zumba and I practice yoga and I like to travel. 
<laughs> Dr. Robin Hall. Wow, that was some bio. There's so much that wasn't in what you sent me, and I'm glad that you shared the person, as I said, the person behind the name, behind the title, and that's what we're looking for. Thank you. You have created quite an interesting journey along the way. Twists and turns. It's been fun. Nobody gave us a guidebook, did they? No, they did not. <laughs> Nobody said. And now let's move on to my second guest today, Jean Adam. See, I'm still being real good about that name. Gene Adam, <laughs> so happy. I don't think I've ever well, had a too. rapper on the show. So tell well, us. Well, I'm about... not a rapper anymore. Well, but you were. You were. That still counts. <laughs> Listen, Robin was a business person, and, and then she went into medicine. So we've all been a lot of things. Gene, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us who are you? How did you get to this place, and what, what are you all about? Go ahead. Uh, so my name is Gene Adam, as you so greatly introduced me. Um, <laughs> well, I would, I'd say that, you know, like, um, I've always naturally been a creative person, but, you know, in a world where things are so, um, like just go to school, work, uh, go to school, go to college, get a job and, you know, you'd get your education and, you know, like, but people really don't talk about like what you can do outside of just, you know, like what's just so mainstream. And, you know, I went to college and I majored in political science and communications. And mm. while I was there, um, I started break. Well, I, I had background in, you know, acrobatics, but I started break dancing and I formed a crew. And it happened by accident, actually. Um, my roommate and I, we just started, you know, uh, practicing somewhere where some kids were playing basketball and they were like, hey, teach us some of this stuff. Next thing you knew, we were performing at like halftime shows and, you know, um, college dance wow. shows and things like that. And after college, um, my some of my best friends who were extremely talented rappers, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, <laughs> I, here I was, I went to school for politics and then, you know, I, I'm, you know, talking to some friends from home who are just so incredibly talented at rapping. And I'm like, man, like, you've got to get yourself into the studio. And <laughs> they couldn't afford it. I was like, you're talented. I'll find a way to get you in there. <laughs> and so, you know, we started, you know, just kind of making songs left and right, you know, here and there. And um, next thing you know, we had a group party of five and we made our own mixtape that eventually became just me and my best friend. Um, we became the peanut gallery. We actually went as far as we used to just go to the studio to where we just developed the studio in um, my basement. And that was the original works of what, you know, created our album Tales from the Basement back in 2017. And then uh, I left the whole rap thing. And then I stumbled upon the case of Betty Wilson in 2018, which actually, you know, um, really took a heartfelt turn in my life. And I what, felt- What was the case? What was the case, Gene? Tell us. Um, so the case of Betty Wilson is a long story. Um, I, <laughs> I will try to make it in the shortest- frame mm -hmm. possible it's fine. so in 1992 betty wilson was convicted of murder conspiracy in the death of her husband dr jack wilson uh her and her twin sister peggy Lowe were both accused for this crime 
Uh, Betty went to trial first. She was convicted and sentenced to life without parole. Hmm. Months later, her twin sister went on trial. Not only was she acquitted during the process of her acquittal, she proved her twin was innocent. And Hmm. then um, she was subsequently acquitted, which through a whole lot of state corruption and, you know, court violations and things like that and horrible practices, 30 years later down the line, you have to ask yourself why this woman is still in jail when it has been mm-hmm. proven multiple times that she's innocent of her crime. So I went into the process of filmmaking, which was something that I had never done before. And I just basically took a group of five participants who had little or no knowledge of the case and explain the case in depth to them for the predicaments of the film. So that's basically where um, (laughs) the entire whole process of filmmaking came from. And it's a whole another long story just to talk about, you know, how I had to learn like the regulations, the guidelines and all these other things just to pass the checks to get my film on these things like Apple TV and Tubi and (laughs) Amazon Prime Video. But yeah, so that's the... uh, basis of you know like uh my background and bio i think i might have went a little bit over three no 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 this is this is fabulous your commitment (laughs) to a cause you you had people who were rappers and you said you're too good not to record you figured out how to get them in the studio you 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 started i'm hoping you'll do a rap before the show is over could you so that was why when we were at the national publicity summit i asked if you know, I, there was cursing possible in your show <laughs> because I don't want to go in here. And, you know, all of a sudden you asked me like, hey, can you rap for me? And I'm like, uh, you know, I just start rapping some stuff. <laughs> Josh, you might offend my engineer, Josh. I hear he has very delicate ears. If you can come up with a clean rap about Read My Lips and Red and Nina and, and Dr. Hall before the end of the show, if you want to make something up, not just right now, you have time to think about it. But listen, your background is, is fascinating to me. And you seem to have this sense of this needs to go to another step and I'm going to be the one to take it there. I'm going to get that studio. I'm going to make sure those rappers get recorded. I'm going to make sure the case of, of Betty is uh, is publicized. It's known. I'm going to learn how to do filmmaking. I'm going to get this done. You have this, this commitment, creativity commitment, Gene. Gene. And <laughs> one of the things on previous shows and, and friends of mine have said, creativity is is one thing, if it's just an idea, that chatter that David Byrne talked about that I quoted, but unless you implement it and make it happen, execute it, bring it to fruition, it's just chatter. Oh, I like that. Gene, thank you. I love your bio. You. I think that was it was great. You you you're quite a guy there. You really are. I'm 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 proud to know you. How about that? There you go. <laughs> I'm proud to be here. I'm happy to be I'm, here. I'm delighted. And now let's go to Nina. Nina, the midlife revolution specialist, since I'm doing your last name so badly, I want to say that. Nina, I met you at the summit as well, along with Dr. Hall and Jean, and I was so taken with what you're doing. So why don't you tell us about yourself and welcome. Nina, you're up. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. And yes, my name is Nina Chef Jack. So I like to explain it like chef, like someone who can cook, which is basically the opposite of myself. And Chuck, like Chuck Norris, <laughs> that I used to watch a lot when I was young with my mother. Uh, but I'm, I'm the midlife revolution specialist. I'm originally from Poland. And I'm also, alongside being the midlife revolution specialist, I am basically a forever foreigner 
because I left Poland at the age of 20 or just before my 20th birthday. And I decided, I basically studied um, environmental protection. So my specialty was in water purification and sewage. How exciting. <laughs> I then went on... <laughs> I then went on to studying engineering. Within three months, I decided that I would never, ever make a useful engineer. And God only knows how I ended up at this university. <laughs> so then I thought, well, I don't really want to spend five years of my life studying something that I know I'm not going to be good at. So what's the next best thing I can do? And because I never, ever learned English, I thought, well, if I want to do something with my life, I really need to speak English. I couldn't afford the lessons in Poland. So my creativity has always come from not having anything. So not having any money and not having any connections and resources. So I had to be creative with creating my life, basically. So I thought, well, the best thing I can do is learn English. And if I can't afford lessons in Poland, the next best thing will probably be to go to the UK. Um, of course, the US would have been great. Canada would have been great, but it was way too far. And back then... Flying just wasn't an option. I had to get on a bus. So 24-hour bus journey, got on the bus, didn't speak a word of English, didn't know anyone, packed one bag, arrived to London, not a clue what I'm going to do. But I thought, well, I'll give it a go and see what happens. Um, and I planned to stay in the UK for a few months. And then I actually stayed 18 years. <laughs> so I, uh, I, it was so crazy that I even applied for a job. I didn't realize that I applied for a job. I thought I was on a factory tour. <laughs> That's how I got my first job, one of my first jobs. Uh, but I created a life that was way beyond my wildest dreams. Had a great career, had a marriage, had two incredible Dalmatians called Nal and Mickey. So I'm a bit of a Quella de Ville. Um, and yeah, and basically living the dream. And then on New Year's Eve, 2021, 2022, just after, ironically, just after midnight, my life completely fell apart when I found out that my marriage and uh, my relationship was basically based on lies and betrayal for the for the past four years. So pretty much since the minute I said yes to my now ex-husband's proposal, um, he was living a double life. So I thought, okay, life is calling for something else. So yet again, I decided that I'm going to walk away from everything. So I sold, gave away, donated everything that I had. I walked away from my career from basically everything. I packed one suitcase again. I packed my two dogs and a one-way ticket to Canada and off we went. Um, and I decided to take some time to start from scratch again. And that's how the midlife revolution was born because I was laughing to someone that my case looks like a typical, stereotypical case of midlife crisis. And people think, oh, she you know, lost the plot completely, taking two dogs over to the other side of the world and going off. But actually, you know, it, I think it is right for for any human to to take stock sometimes and and think, you know, what do I, what do I want from the rest of my life, and who do I want to be, and what do I want to create? So my creativity is is mainly in the area of actually creating new lives and new versions of myself and helping people to do the same and basically improvising the whole time because I agree that life is one big improv. You can plan as much as you want, but. Yes. One minute, everything is one way. And then next minute, none of it exists. So you have to figure out something else. Life happens. Do you know, Nina and Jean and Dr. Hall, I was going to title this episode, Transformational Creativity or Transformative Creativity, looking at your bios. But since I had so little 
of what you've all just told me in those <laughs> bios. I, I'm going to go back and, and change the name of the episode because the three of you have brought something new to the show. I have guests who call it courageous creativity. Curiosity is creativity. Being flexible and bending in the wind. And Nina, as as the wind blew, you decided, I got to do something about this. I got to do something. And you kept doing something about this as each this popped up. The three of you have transformed so many times, haven't you? Look at the lifetimes. Look at the careers the three of you have had. I, I can't remember. I have fabulous guests on the show every week. And, you know, I meet 99.9 percent. .9%. I don't know what happened to the other 0.1 percent at the National Publicity Summit. But I can't remember being so wowed by transforming, transformed and transformational. Yes, Robin, careers <laughs> of my guests. You, you keep pivoting. I'm on my I think my seventh major career. Uh, the real me. I'll just share a little bit with you. I, I'm considered an early woman in tech. Gene, I, under my other, my business name, I was the opening speaker at the Women in Big Data last year, March 8th, 2022, at their National International Women's Day, because I was a programmer analyst back in the day when I was key punching decks of 2,000 cards and running COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 computer mainframe, Nina, in a room the size of a warehouse, wearing high heels, standing on a step stool to put a disc in. You know the discs we have today in the little thumb drive? The disc pack was like the size of a cake carrier with a handle on it. And I had to stand on a stool to put it into a disc drive in order to get, and I was running a system right after I got out of my, I have so many degrees, I can't even figure out. I have a degree in psychology also. I never did anything with that, but I try to figure out what's in my head. I don't try to do other people. But, and then I was a marketing person and I was a business writer and then I was a graphic designer and then, and then I got into TV and radio. I don't know. I look back, I say, where are all the dots? And Robin, do you have trouble remembering when you come on a show like this and I ask you to talk about your bio, do you have trouble remembering all of the twists and turns? You seem to, you have it right there, right? But it's a lot, isn't it, Robin? I, have to, I had to really think about it. Yeah. And, and Jean, what about you? You've done, you're, you're, you're a kid. How, how do you keep track of all the who you talk to and what you did and what you created? Gene, does it get to be a do you ever look back and say, wow, look at what I've done so far in my life? Gene, is that ever your reaction or are we, are we making you do that right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of making me do that right now. <laughs> do you I mean, like what you see? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a day-to-day day -to -day lifestyle person, you know, just make, make go out there and then, you know, make sure every day is one to enjoy, you know. Mm -hmm. At minimum, you know, just be grateful just to get up and you know be here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I like your attitude. Nina, wow. <laughs> you just kept picking up and starting over again. Are, are the dogs still with you? Are they still with you? <laughs> They're actually not. Well, they are in Canada and I'm in the UK at the moment, but they are still my dogs. They're on holiday from me because I had to come back to the UK to support someone's health for a bit. So uh we are apart, but we're still family. <laughs> Dogs on holiday in I've never heard of that before. I have to tell my daughter, yeah, she could you know she could bring her dogs to me and I'll I'll have them on holiday here in Tennessee. Wow. Well the three of you are very impressive. Obviously you've all given me this kind of a reaction. I read your bios, but I didn't hear, I didn't read what you've told me, what you've shared. And I'm impressed at how 
malleable you all are and your joie de vivre, the French word for joy of living, that you just keep going and moving on and finding other things to keep. I, I, I got to keep going with the show here. We have so much to talk about, but I'm just going to say, wow, I'm impressed by all three of you. And I'm, I'm very honored that you're all here. I this is obviously improv, Nina. I, I don't write this stuff. Anyway, let's go to, I've asked you all, we'll make this really short because I want to get to your creativity statements. I've asked you each to send me uh, a line from a fictional TV or movie character or from a song lyric that had nothing to do with the word creativity. How many do, huh? And you're going to tell me and just make this two minutes what it has to do. Dr. Robin Hall, you picked a quote from Mama Cass Elliot. Uh, Jean is too young to know who who the mamas and the papas were, but the mamas and the papas were formed in LA and, and Jean, I'll talk to you. They were a defining force in the 1960s music counterculture and three Americans, John Phillips, Cass Elliott, and Michelle Phillips with, with a Canadian, Nina, it's all over the world, Denny Doherty. And John Phillips was the songwriter, the musician, the leader of the group. And he adapted the folk style to a beat style of the early 1960s. And they had some wonderful, wonderful songs. John Phillips and uh, Michelle were with the New Journeymen and they were a husband and wife team. And they brought in Denny, whose group was the Mugwumps. I don't think I've ever heard of that. They brought in Cass and here was the problem. Cass's vocal range was very, very deep. And John said, she's not gonna be able to sing my arrangements. And she was overweight significantly. She didn't like what she looked like. And John said, I don't think you're going to represent the band. You're going to be an obstacle to our success. Well, everybody loved Mama Cass. And they decided to name the group after the Hells Angels. I got a kick out of this, Robin, because the Hells Angels, the girls, the malls, M-O-L-L-S, on the back of the motorcycles or riding now are called the Mamas. So they called it the Mamas and the Papas. That's the name of the group. So Mama Cass left the group after they broke up and she released five so solo albums. After she passed away, she died very, very young at 33. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for her work with the group. Here's the quote. I think you're all going to love this. You've got to, I'm not going to sing, I ruined the show. You've got to make your own kind of music, sing your own special song, make your own kind of music. I'm going to cry here. Even if nobody else sings along. Sorry, Robin, this just really got to me. Robin saved me two minutes. How'd you find this beautiful, beautiful You know, lyric? my sister is older than I am, and I was very young when that song was out, but I just remembered it playing. And yesterday when I was doing my yoga all of a sudden that song came back into my head. Why? I don't know. But I always loved it and I always sang along with it. It just really resonated with me. And, you know, when you're creative, when you're a risk taker, when you're an idea maker, you're going to have a lot of naysayers. And um, I think those people are projecting their own fear on you as an idea or, or a creative and if I'd listened to naysayers, especially when I started my concierge practice, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I think some people just thrive on creating things. And what I've realized is I'm one of those people. I like to create things and I would get bored if I wasn't doing that. So I'm recreating the next chapter of my life right now. But I, I just love that song. And you know how a song gets stuck in your head? I've been singing that all day. Absolutely. And you probably sing it a heck of a lot better than I do. I really want to sing it, but I'm not going to. I, Jean, I tend to ruin the show when I sing. But at the very end, I'll sing a little bit of something, just a couple lines. Jean, I'm still waiting for that rap you're going to do for us. No pressure, dear. Okay, Jean, has Sent Gene Adam 
without the S. I'm still focusing on that. He sent us a quote from New York State of Mind, NY State of Mind, song by the hip-hop recording artist Nas, N-A-S, 1994 debut album, Illmatic. It ranks number 74 on About.com's top 100 rap songs, okay? And a very, very interesting uh, Nas raps two, two verses about his rapping talent and the dangerous environment of New York over a drum break sample of N.T. by Cool and the Gang, whose song Streets of New York was a primary influence. And here is the line. I read the song lyrics. I'm glad you didn't send me any other lyrics because this is really, really very dark for my show. And we don't do that language. Gene, here's what, you, here's what you're quoting. Life is parallel to hell, but I must maintain heavy. Gene, talk to me. What does this mean? <laughs> So I will also add um, on that list of top 100 songs that New York State of Mind is the only song on that list that was not a single Mm. on that entire list. And I also think that, you know, it should be ranked much higher, but (laughs) um, we'll we'll tell them. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's probably I, I don't even want to say probably it is my favorite uh, rap song that was, you know, ever created. And I think it really um, I think the very um, great aspect about it is it's vivid imagery. And as a rapper, um, I think the rappers, uh, the raps or hip hop lyrics or just music in general that really relates to me are lyrics that are that are vivid imagery. And I think that song had been like compared in the world of hip hop to the poetry of Langston Hughes. And Nas was only 19 when he wrote that song. Um, he was, you know, and I think it really speaks volumes as to how such a young artist was very intelligent through the lyrics who had never, you know, been, um, it never gone to school for music. It was just, you know, like a passion of life. And, you know, that's truly where the creativity and talent like just truly surrounded him. And I think it's a great reflection of just uh, day-to-day lifestyle. You know, um, mm-hmm. you put yourself in his shoes. It's like, he's still making through on a day-to-day basis, but he's explaining that life is just such a hell that he's living in. and. I think it's just kind of an inspirational way of just being a lyricist. And I think it's very incredible that he was only 19 just writing lyrics like this. <laughs> it's probably in his head for a while. Don't you think, Gene, that this was a reflection of what he was experiencing for a long time? And oh, absolutely. Went into the lyrics. So that's the that's the chatter I was talking about from David Byrne, right? Write it down, save it. Those are those things, those puzzles, those words, those observations that come to us, don't lose them. They could turn into something. There you go. Thank you very much, Nina. I'm looking at your quote. I like this one. It's a song, an American indie pop song by the band AJR featuring SpongeBob SquarePants from the animated TV series episode titled Help Wanted. It was released as a single in August of 2013. It samples SpongeBob SquarePants shouting his catchphrase, and here's the line you're quoting, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. The song reached number 65 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 2014, and it went platinum in 2015. 
Oh my goodness gracious, there you go. And the band members were joking that somebody was going to sample SpongeBob in a certain way. And somebody said, let's not give it away to them. Why don't we do it? And they did it. And there's, a, there's actually a video of it. Very, very interesting. Nina, I'm not a, I don't watch SpongeBob. I don't have kids that age, but you got to tell me I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sounds like your personal mantra. So why don't you tell us how you picked this quote? I appreciate it. Go ahead. Nina? Well, I don't have kids either. <laughs> I don't really watch too many cartoons. Um, but the quote for me is because I feel like life throws so many things at you sometimes that when you out of your comfort zone and you have to be creative with creating the next version of you and creating the next life and so on, you build so much trust in yourself, so much self-trust and you gain so much confidence in your ability to either have the resources to be able to pull anything off or to be able to find the resources that you require that now I often feel like whatever, whatever comes my way, I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever that may be. So even after that New Year's Eve and my life falling apart, like a Cinderella style, if only it was a prince. Uh, but um Five days later, my mom's husband passed away in Italy and I had to get myself over for the funeral. And this was during COVID times and it was all nightmare and whatever. So like there's one thing after another sometimes. And it's very easy to feel like, why me? Why is this happening? Life is so bad and whatever. But I always think, why not me? Like, I'm ready. Bring it on. Whatever it is, I will make it work somehow. And I will find a way through creativity or some sort of solutions that I may not have thought of yet. So to me, that quote is all about having self-trust and being able to trust that you will find the way and you'll come out of it on the other side, no matter what life throws at you and no matter how many things get thrown at you, um, sometimes in a short space of time. That's going to be my new mantra. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you, Nina. I appreciate that. Thank you all for, for making the effort and doing the work to find interesting quotes. I always learn a lot from my guests. What I'd like to do now is very briefly Pick one statement from each of you. You each sent me four creativity statements, and we've covered some of them already. We covered a couple of yours, Dr. Robin Hall, when you were talking about new model in medicine and new ideas and completing them. I talked about implementing. I'm going to go to number four. This is interesting. You say, I've never seen a creative person who is bland or boring. <laughs> I try to be creative in my dress, and I enjoy creative endeavors like decorating and painting. Creativity is colorful. Robin, talk to us. Two minutes, go. You know, when I hear the word creativity, I immediately think color. And maybe that's, I was born in the spring. I love when all the flowers bloom and all of that. And, you know, you just don't see very many people that are creative that don't have something colorful about them. And it may be more of a metaphor than it is a, a realistic color like orange, pink, red, um, but there's something colorful about their personality or um, about the way they think. And so that's what came to mind. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, when I try to explain to people how I see creativity, people who are, are not from the publicity summit, just people I meet, I say it's Listen, it's how you answer the phone. It's how you do your cereal in the morning. It's how you put, how you dress, how you decorate your house. It's everything that you create that is part of you. How do you make the bed? What kind of blankets do you put on it? Why do you set a table? It's all of that. And when we think about it in a very broad way, it doesn't have to be 
doing a film or rap song, Jean, and, and it doesn't have to be creating a new medical practice model, Robin, and, and Nina, it doesn't have to be going to a business institute and learning and studying how to help people and executives transform their lives as you've doing, been doing so many times over and over and over and over again. That prince will, he's waiting for you somewhere, I, I think. Anyway, uh, thank you very much. Jean, I'm looking at your statement number three. This is interesting. I will read it. You don't have to find it. You say, part of being creative means embracing your imperfections and not being discouraged by them. You can't be afraid to make mistakes because that's the only way you can fix them. Once they're fixed, you can't be afraid to make mistakes again and become better. There used to be a phrase when I was growing up, Robin, you're the only one who might remember this. I don't think the others would. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. If anybody remembers that, I think we did hopscotch to that. I'm really dating myself, Robin. Gene, talk to me about imperfections. This is interesting. Go ahead. Um, so <laughs> that's a good one that you brought up, but I, um, uh, I mean, I think, I think it, uh, it's, it speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, I've never really been one who would just be afraid of failure. Um, you know, as far as like just playing sports or, you know, dancing or rapping, you know, um, making a film, you know, it's, there's always a first time for everything. And there's always, you know, a time to make, you know, there's always a time to learn from your mistakes. Right. And I can make just like a little prime example, every single film that gets submitted to Amazon or one of these companies, they go through a QC check. So basically you submit your film and they go through it frame by frame and every single frame in the entire film and they tell you and then they go over the audio and then they tell you what's wrong with it and um if you know they send it back for you to send back another qc check so when i first sent mine in you know they there was mistakes that they pointed out and i learned specifically from these mistakes so now i know that if i ever want to make another movie and send it up i know what to look for or like what type of frames to actually use and things like that in certain aspects what cameras to use how the lighting gets used how to complete the editing process and mm-hmm. it's just a whole way of just learning how to move forward and just you know learn a new craft and things like that thank you isn't that interesting mistakes sometimes those mistakes Jane, are things we didn't know that we didn't know and sometimes yeah. they're things we knew that we should have known better. And sometimes there are things we don't want to fix and change. And it's somebody <laughs> else's version of this is the right way to do it. Well, you really think so? You're going to make me? So they're probably <laughs> different versions of imperfections. But I appreciate I have a question for you, Gene, if I may. Yes. What did you use equipment to to film your, your movie? I, I'm calling it a movie. What did you use? Did you do phones or did you have actual cameras or what did you use? Uh, we actually we actually we used actual cameras. We actually had uh two production companies supply us with cameras and i ran into a huge huge problem so one of the companies used 24 frames per second and another Mm -hmm. used 30 frames per second which was (laughs) very (laughs) hard when it came to the editing process because that will eventually ruin your qc check and then i found somebody by the stroke of luck on facebook and one of these filmmaking groups who helped get those 30 frames per second clips and create a 24 frames per second image for um, moving for how to work it. And when I submitted it, I got no, uh, no violations on it. And I was like, 
thank God I just met this random person. Well, you know what? I don't think it was random and I don't think Robin agrees with me. I think Nina, it wasn't random and it wasn't a stroke of luck and it wasn't, thank goodness I met this. You put it out there. I'm not big on the law of attraction, but you put it out there and you said I need it. And because you had refined your search terms, if you will, people said, this is an interesting guy. I want to work with him. I want to help him. They wanted to work with you. It wasn't just, oh, I put 100 people in a, in a bucket and pull one out. He happens to know what FBS is. No, <laughs> this was meant you were meant to work with this person. They wanted to work with you. Wow, I'm glad I asked. You're very impressive, Gene. Very, very impressive. There's a lot more to you than the little bio you sent. And I'm going to suggest you expand. Am I right, ladies? I'm going to suggest you expand your bio with more of what you've done and accomplished, the places you've been, the things you've achieved, because you have a very rich background for a very young age and a lot of creativity. And I think people need to know more about you, Gene. I'm just just offering that unsolicited advice. We all know what that's worth. Okay, let's move on. I'm embarrassing. You're you're welcome. It was a compliment. It was intended as a big compliment. And I think we all agree with that. Nina, I'm looking at statement number four, and I love this one. I'm going to read it. Creativity means fun. Notice more. Everything is an offer. Use everything. Nina, there's a joy in this statement. There's a buoyancy. There's a, a joie de vivre. Talk to me, Nina. How'd you, how'd you come up with this one? Well, I actually think, I think I learned that when I was in improv sessions as well. I don't know if it was like a marketing thing or, or, or like a statement or improv thing, but I definitely learned that when I was a trainer um, and I was creating training sessions and very often I basically had to notice more and use everything and so on and try to create something out of nothing and try to show people how to use creativity because very often people say, oh, my mind is not creative. And my point is like, just think like when you meet someone you really like, how quickly you run down the aisle with them in your head (laughs) before you even got to know them properly, right? That's your mind creating like life stories and scenarios in like split second. Like if your mind can create that and everyone's mind does that, like you can be creative. So I'm like, you can notice more. And like, you can be on the street and you can walk and think, you know, I want to get an answer to this question. And just notice what's around, look up, see what's at the top of the building, see the posters. Like basically you can find answers and ideas anywhere on the street, in your house, while searching the internet, whatever. So you just paying attention and then thinking, you know, how can I use all of this? Like enables you to create endless possibilities. Um, So I think, and I think we all have the capacity. I think sometimes people limit themselves because they think of creativity as in you have to be an artist. But, you know, I feel like I get creative when I'm taking sinks apart and <laughs> blocking pipes and that sort of thing at home, because sometimes that's what you have to do. Right. Um, or you have to get creative with, you know, lights not working or whatever else. So there, there can be, a, a, you know, unlimited ways to be creative. And that's why I think, you know, if you notice more and if you use everything, um, that, that's a really lovely way of thinking anyone can do that you don't you know even if you don't see yourself as a creative person like you can still be creative thank you i love the see and see the fun in it i appreciate that uh look around you absolutely i was gonna say i i was taught many years ago to look up and look down i I interviewed a woman when i used to do author interviews on on the predecessor to the show a couple of decades ago on wgbb am 1040 on long island new york i was the 6 to 7 p.m friday night drive time host 
and I met a woman who called herself the queen of eBay auctions. And she wrote a book on how to do eBay. And I was so impressed. I started selling. I was out of work at the time and I started selling on eBay. But she she gave me a clue. Nina, I think you'll appreciate this. If you go to a garage sale or anywhere and people put all their stuff on top of the table, see what's underneath the table. What didn't they put up for sale? What's there? Is there something they might offer later? Is there something that they're not sure they want to sell? And I found, I never was able to sell it, but I was at a garage sale on Long Island where I lived at the time. And I looked under the table in somebody's driveway. It was a garage drive, garage, garage sale. And there was a box. And in it were a bunch of small magazines from 1894 and a bunch of harmonicas. I was never able to sell those little books on eBay, but they fascinated me. And I was able to sell the harmonicas. The guy gave it to me for like three, four bucks. He just said, oh, it's a box. I'm not putting it out. Nobody would want it. I'll take it. And there you were there. There you went. And that's the way it was. So anyway, I discovered a lot of things by looking, looking around, looking the places where you're not sure you're supposed to look. I want to do some celebrity birthdays. We've only got seven minutes left and I'm going to have you each give your website before we go. So anybody remember... Ah, Gene, you're too young for this. I don't know. There was a pop singer named Rick Astley, still alive. He's 57 today. Of course he's alive. He, he's His song was, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Robin remembers, Nina remembers. Well, I think I wore that CD out in my car. I, I just played it so much. <laughs> the song was a number one in 20 countries. Yes, it was that disco era. It was the best act ever at the 2008 MTV Europe Music Awards, believe it or not. And he was a driver and a local nightclub performer. The guy dropped out of high school. Uh, he also collaborated with Elton John on Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which was featured in the Lion King soundtrack in 1994. Very interesting. Rick Astley, thank you. Great song. Axl Rose, you all know who Axl Rose is, Guns and Roses. He's 61 today. Everybody say happy birthday, Axl Rose. He's famous for his high-pitched vocals, his overall vocal range, animated lead singer of Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. We all know that. Guns N' Roses was uh, inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. And I know that Slash was one of their, Slash does a commercial now, a very interesting ad on TV. Charlie Heaton is a member of the cast of Stranger Things. If any of you are a fan of that TV show, I haven't watched it yet. He plays Jonathan Byers. I have some in memoriam people who are very well known, who are no longer with us, but they were born today. How about Bob Marley? He passed away at 36. His name was Nesta Robert Marley. He was the ambassador of Third World for his music. He sold 75 million reggae albums around the world. Gene, that's a lot of albums. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of albums. Do you know what he was buried with? Anybody know? Marijuana. Oh, <laughs> and, and a lot of other things. He was buried with a, yes, he was buried with a soccer ball, a Gibson guitar, a Bible and a bud of marijuana. You're right. But there were three other things there. He was inducted into the rock and roll of, uh, I'm sorry. Um, where am I? Where am I? Bob Marley. Where am I? Bob Marley? Yes. Okay. Inducted the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994, and he formed the Whalers with Peter Tosh and Bunny, Bunny Whaler. Okay. And that later on, it was Bob Marley and the Whalers. Okay. Babe Ruth, baseball. 
1895 to 1948, he was the greatest baseball player considered of all times. I won't read all the championships. He was called the Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat with that bat, and the Babe, the most home runs in a season. He was surpassed by Roger Maris in 61. Interesting, when he was seven years old, his father sent him to a place called St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys, where he was taught carpentry and how to make shirts. Interesting. Babe Ruth. Yes, yes, yes. Ronald Reagan, 40th president, born today. And Jaja Gabor, wonderful movie actress, born today in 1917, the year my mother was born. Okay, I have three social media stars. I got to talk fast now. Who you, You've never heard of them? Probably not. I'm not sure. A couple of you might have, but they have a lot of subscribers, and I always like to do a shout out. YouTube, Ricky Thompson, he's 27. He has 1.1 million subscribers. He started on Vine, where he had 2.2 something million subscribers. He's the host of his own Snapchat show, Trend or End. Anybody ever heard of him? Ricky Thompson, R-I-C-K-E-Y. Okay, then we have a young lady named Dania Mendez. She's 30. She's a social media starlet on Instagram, glamour and chic fashion. She models and she travels and does pictures of her personal adventures. And she has 29 million fans. A couple weeks ago, we had somebody who was celebrating their birthday and he was a slime creator, slime videos. And he had something like 9 million. And I tell everybody we're in the wrong business. And then we have somebody on TikTok. His name is It's ITSBSD. I have no idea what that stands for. He's 28. He's a comedy video creator and he puts music in his videos. He makes comedy skits about his mother, Lucky Mom. He has 13 million subscribers. Seriously. And quickly today in music history, Frank Sinatra debuted on radio's Your Hit Parade in 1943. Nobody of us was around then. John Lennon's Instant Karma and Yoko Ono's Who Has Seen the Wind were released in the UK in 1970. On this day, Joan Jett made an acting debut in Light of Day. I don't know what that was, movie or play. Sonny Bono declared his candidacy for mayor of Palm Springs today in 1987. Billy Idol had a motorcycle accident, if you all remember that. And he was supposed to be in Oliver Stone's movie The Doors, and he had so many broken bones he couldn't do the role. Celine Dion, 2002, A New Day Has Come, was ready for... for radio play and 50 cents debut album get rich or die die Tryon was released today in 2003 it's national ashley day if you know anybody named ashley wish her a happy birthday uh at, at happy ashley day according to the u.s social security administration it's it was in the top 10 names list until 2006 and now it's only in the top 200 and it means somebody who lives near an ash tree don't ask. It's National Frozen Yogurt Day. Okay, yogurt was, yogurt was invented 4,000 years ago, and it didn't get frozen until the 1980s. It's Valentine's Shopping Reminder Day. Hmm? You get that one. It's Oatmeal Monday. In Scotland in the 17th century, the boys had to go to school with fuel and food and cook their own oatmeal on campus. And by the middle of the week, they ran out of stuff. They sent them home for a long weekend. They came back with more. So Oatmeal Monday was when they came back to school. It's Pay a Compliment Day and it's Freelance Writers Appreciation Day. Robin Hall, Dr. Deer, what website can people find you on? Tell me quick. You can find me at drrobinhall.com. It's D-R-R-O-B-I-N-H-A-L-L.com. Thank you very much, Gene Rollins. Adam Jr., where can people find you? Well, they can find my film on many different platforms. It's called Finding Betty. It's available on Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video, Tubi, as well as the Google Play Store and iTunes Store. And it'll soon be coming to Zumo. 
You can also find the Betty Wilson support page on Facebook entitled The Free Betty Wilson Project. Thank you. You've been getting around there. You're doing a lot. Nina, where can people find you? On my website under www.midliferevolution.com. T-H-E-M-I-D-L-I-F-E-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Got it? Yes. <laughs> a lot a lot easier than spelling your last name, which I love anyway. Here, everybody, let's do our closing together. You're going to join me in this. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't we break the rules, ladies and gentlemen? Forgive quickly, kiss slowly. It's the only way, trust me. Love truly, and you're all going to join me in laughing really hard because we want you to laugh uncontrollably. One, two, three. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? And never regret anything that made you smile. And here's the final closing. Work like you don't need the money because nobody really cares. Just get it done. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco in three-inch heels on top of a Formica table in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, teaching disco line dancing, everybody watched. Trust me, no, I didn't fall. Sing like nobody's listening. Here I will. La. And love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Right, Nina? Get over it. Regrow that heart. Regenerate. It's Valentine's Day. Love yourself first. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye to Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.